Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Rangers 105.3 The Fan. I am Reginald Datatula. That is the fan fiend. I'm Blake Elliott. That's me. We got Chris Strong on the ones and twos, and you rocking with us here on a Tuesday in the Metroplex. Thanks for doing that. Um, thanks for getting involved in the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Thanks for uh, watching us. 105 through the fan on YouTube and searching twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam. All the various ways you can get involved with the program. And we thank y'all for doing that and hanging out with us, making our night go that much better. So the last hour of the show, we got you till 11 here on Have a you Tuesday. Captured. You can't go anywhere. Literally, if you change your dial, I will come find you. I think it's against the law for you to change once you're here. Yeah, I think you're, I, you're I, here and it, you have to wait until we're off the air. Because imagine you change and then boom, we got a Jerry interview and you missed it because you changed. Nothing I mean, you can do about it. In theory, it could happen. Will it? I don't think so. But you know what? <laughs> you never know. Technically, a possibility. So I'm not a lawyer, but again, I think it might be against the law from change, to change away from the station. It might be. I don't know. Um, on a serious note, let's get you some headlines on this Tuesday night in the Metroplex. And we begin with a very sad one, a very confusing one. And this Blake. one is against the law. Um, this one is against the law. Yes. Well, uh, somebody's going to have to go to the AAC <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe put some people in arrest. Are in some handcuffs because the Mavericks fall to the 30th ranked offensive rating team in the league. And yes, there are only 30 teams in the league. The Memphis Grizzlies, who did not have, get this, John Morant, who is out for the season with a uh, torn labrum. Just last game. They had no time to recover. (laughs) They did not have Jaron Jackson Jr. in this game. Probably their second best player on the team. And they started... A man named Vince Williams Jr. Have you ever heard we, of him before? No, we were trying to figure out on the floor who is this guy. I mean, Reggie watched basketball a lot. We were like, when was this guy drafted? Who is this? What is happening? Why are we losing to this team? And I wish I had a, a palpable answer to be like, well, just this player didn't play, or we just shot abysmal. Reggie, where, where, where do we even start? The Grizzlies. The lowly Memphis Grizzlies, 120-103. to 103. And you know what's more upsetting for me? And, yes, I do intentionally use the word upsetting. Literally two days ago, the Mavericks <laughs> put up a signature win <sighs> against the Minnesota Timberwolves that involved them playing with— a fully healthy Timberwolves team. Yeah, playing without Derek Lively as they did again tonight um, with basically the same team and going in and playing incredibly well, playing connected, playing active defense— getting in passing lanes, and showing up really well against literally the the team 
that was is um, number one in the West and number one in defense, like. right? And you did a fantastic job. And literally yesterday, myself and Chris Arnold had a segment in which we asked the question. Are the Mavs turning the corner defensively? Now, to be fair. As soon as we get happy. To be fair, right? This is not just a one-game situation. This was also, right, like, in part, over the last 20 days, their 10th in defensive rating Mm -hmm. when they were sitting in the 20s over the course of the season prior to that. So, like, they've made some moves, right? They've done some things. However, um, they then come and lose to the number 13th, the 13th ranked team in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies. In the West. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Who, I mean, mind you, were on a three-game win streak, to be fair. I guess they haven't played better. But, like, when you look at the way that the team is situated, this is not a team that should play well. They were 10-10 and 10 on the road coming into this game, um, and now they boast a road trip that looks really good. Road Warriors. They beat the Lakers, they beat the Suns, and now they have beaten the Dallas Mavericks, and they won both of their games in Dallas on the season. Man, this felt like, in some part, because the, some of the things that I've been personally complaining about with the Mavericks, this Mavericks team, hey man, get to the hoop. Yep. Can you get to the hoop? Right. Like the points in the paint disparity is huge. And I was one of the things about this is I was talking about this during December when you were missing Kyrie for a long period of time mm-hmm. and talking about the idea that okay, Dante Dante Exum has helped you with that. But once Kyrie gets back, he can get downhill. And now this brings up one of the things I talk about. Kyrie sometimes has such a a tough diet of shots um and i'm like hey man i i would love it if you get downhill and get to the rack because you need points in the paint and we don't see it that much anymore we see it a lot in fast break we'll see his crafty layups but we're used to in the last couple of teams seeing four or five of those a game we don't see it that often where he's at the rim finishing around him you you know you get it every once in a while honestly when i think about guys going to the cup relentlessly outside of luca Derek jones jr is one of the guys name that comes to my head first but like in this game, getting out-rebounded by pretty much 20, 54, yeah. 20 exactly, 54 to 34. And when you give away 10 more offensive rebounds, that's extra shots that ends up making the score 120 to 103. Like, you can't get that to a team that's bad, and you hope that they don't make shots. And the three-point disparity, I mean, they shot 4% better, shot about 5%, 4% better from the field. Like, it wasn't a huge discrepancy to lose by 17. It was those offensive boards and not really converting on the other side outside of your mainstays and Luka and Kyrie, who gave you 30 and 31. Yeah. Um, obviously 33 and 31, Mike, excuse me. The, the rebounding ended up being an issue again. I'm trying to see if I can see what happened second chance points. Oh, yeah. Mavericks had eight second chance points. The Memphis Grizzlies had 21 second chance there points. You go. Right? Like, again, you're giving them more possessions, giving them more opportunities. Rebounding continues to be an issue. Derek Lively is needed, but I think this is where – you look at someone. This is where Derek Williams, or sorry, Grant Williams, rather Derek I was, Grant Williams oh carries uh, carries some of the frustration that we talked about in him not playing well because I know he's not like a huge rebounder, but you were hoping that him in a being, game like this, him like, being your four would help you, maybe not get this level of destroyed in the paint, I, and yet here you are. I just had to scroll. I'm looking through the stats because obviously we're doing, me and Reggie are doing the show as the game's going on so we can't be hyper-focused on exactly we, every we, detail. We try. We, we try, try to best. pay attention. Yeah. I had to scroll one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players to find Grant Williams who got seven minutes and recorded zero stats. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it seemed like when he was playing, he was playing as a small ball five, which it does not seem like he's well suited to at this point. 
Um, it's man, there's there's real questions about where the coaching staff is with Grant Williams. You were talking about this going into this game, and you were like, "Can, can he get back into the the starting lineup?" <laughs> like, yeah. we've had injuries. We've had. I think I was summarizing. I think we've had 15 different lineups in the last like month and a half, and Grant has been in a barely any of those of late, in particular. Like, yeah. injuries. This isn't a team that's even fully healthy, and he's still not getting in a starting lineup. I don't know how much more. Like, we can see and be like, they don't trust him that much. He was supposed to be starting when the team was fully healthy. Now the team's hurt and he's still not starting? Seven minutes against the Grizzlies? And then also, man, you you need bigs, I think is what you need. Yeah, notice. of course. Uh, because um, Dwight Powell doesn't play well. And you go to Grant Williams at the small ball five. Rashawn Holmes gets three minutes. It seems very apparent that they don't feel strongly about him as a big. Without Derek Lively or even with Derek Lively, it's very apparent that you know, another big is still something to be desired. So, anyways, we, we'll, we'll continue talking about that as we go along. I was supposed to get you your headlines. We just, we locked in on the Mavericks here. Sounds like the Mavs got caught overlooking the Grizzlies, pretty much. Well, possibly, but also, I wonder how much of this is overlooking and just getting beat. Yeah. Right? Like, I wonder how much of this is you just got beat. Like, rebounding, I don't know, is about is about planning ahead or getting overlooked as opposed to just getting in there, like, boxing out, being diligent with your uh, with your play. And making sure that you come down with boards. They got out to an early lead to beginning. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but it was Luca and Kyrie had it was like eleven to four or something, twenty to. I think 10, I, what I remember was 16-12. 16, I definitely 12. remember that one. And then they, they were out to a lead. Luca, I thought honestly throughout the game, played decent defense, especially in isolation. I don't think he was a cone like some people like to say he is. I thought he was decent on defense, but I mean it's a collective effort, like what like we've just mentioned. I mean, I'm a, I was feeling good going into today. I really was, Reggie. I think we all were. And then this happens. I mean, it's hot stove. We got the Rangers. Yeah, you got to see the World Series trophy. We got trophy, the World man. Series trophy. And then the Mavs just snatch my happiness right from under me. Well, I'm probably not helping in this regard as we continue to get your headlines. We found out um, earlier today that a bankruptcy hearing um, is going to be tomorrow afternoon. Yep. That could possibly give some clarity around uh, which MLB teams will be seen on Bally. Um, as the Bally is going through bankruptcy. So let's, you know, the delay apparently is a signal that the sides believe that they have a chance to reach a deal if allowed extra time. But it keeps three teams, the Guardians, the Twins, and your Texas Rangers in a state of, you know, flux about the TV revenue that is going to be recouped from either Bally or maybe someone else. So obviously Diamond Sports, who is you know runs Bally Sports, um, filed for bankruptcy. They have the rights to eleven teams, and right now they're just kind of working through the their bankruptcy process. And as we actually heard on um, Hot Stove, you heard John Blake, director of communications for the Texas Rangers, talking about this. They are in a, a, a level of uh, flux here. So obviously that factors into the ways in which the Rangers offseason has been a little. Shall we say, um, you know, anticlimactic thus yeah, far? Not really much has happened. So outside my boy Kirby. Yeah, my boy Kirby. Kirby Yates. And obviously, don't forget uh, Mally, Mally mm-hmm. that you brought in. Um, but yeah, they're they're having to figure out what this uh, TV deal looks like. And we sh- hopefully a bankruptcy hearing tomorrow afternoon will give us a little bit more clarity. And so you want to keep it locked on 105 through the fan. I'm sure that we'll give you updates as we, we find we out. We did get that contract. Talking about contracts. We gonna be here. Yeah, you with will continue. The Rangers. You will continue to hear your Texas Rangers here on 105.3, the fan in the foreseeable future as the home of your 
Dallas or so Texas Rangers. About World Dallas. Series Texas Rangers. We're gonna you get another what? one. We're gonna get another one. You right. Per Blake, you heard it here. Per sources, Ranger Blake or are you Blake? Ooh, that's a good one. Per Per Blake on radio fan host, Rangers are gonna win another one. Okay, they gonna win another one. Just like that. Just like that. Corey Seager, Dolly. I thought you were going the Miami route there for a second. We were going to say another one and another one <laughs> well, and the seventh. I don't, I don't want to look too far in the future. I'm just saying next year. Because everybody, everybody talking about the Dodgers and the Braves, ill. Payrolls is the same every year. High payroll. No championships. Sorry to tell you. Rangers got the blueprint. And it's fin- we're going to show you again. Um, elsewhere around baseball, actually, this was interesting to see today that Rachel Balkovic, uh, who was the first woman to manage an affiliated baseball um, for, during, in the Yankees system. She's actually getting a bigger role with the Miami Marlins, who, and she's going to be um, leading the minor league player development for the Miami Marlins. So Love to hear that. She, she was previously the low-A manager for the 2022 and 2023 seasons for the Yankees, and now has the opportunity to be the farm director for the Miami Marlins. I know that that's interesting because uh, Kim Ng, was previously uh, the general manager for the Marlins, and they recently um, decided to part ways with her. And so I, I know that that caused kind of a ruffle as she was the first general manager in baseball, or first executive that was a woman. And so there was maybe some questions as to if she was given enough uh, leeway to operate the job as she wanted to. And I, I imagine the Marlins did not make this hire simply because Rachel Balkovic is a woman. But I do think that that's interesting that they, again, have an opportunity to break ground and be a first in the regard of hiring women to do more jobs in baseball. I love it. Empower women. The The world runs through women. I'm going to let you know that right now. As you, as all our Toto's listening right now, if you have a woman in your life or if you are a woman listening, you know that us men, we can't we can't get to our full fullest capacity, 100% without a good, strong woman behind you. I'm still looking for that woman in my life. But until you get that good, strong woman behind you, you're not going to get what you need to get. And that's why all these teams are getting smart and getting smart women in the building. So I'm all for women empowerment. And I love the Marlins. Um, when I was growing up, they were one of my favorite teams just because they had cool colors. I want to throw that out there. They often do still the, have cool the colors. The teal blue and orange with like the black with the, the spearheaded Marlin. Oh, fire. It's a good look. It is a good look. And so we'll see how their, their farm system continues to develop with Rachel Balkovic at the, the head of it. This is interesting that I saw earlier today. Um, Eric Spolstra is signing an eight-year extension worth more than $100 million. How many years? Eight years. Dang. They just throwing out contracts. More than $100 million. And it feels like it's, like, right. Now, the deal makes Spolstra one of the highest-paid coaches in the NBA. Popovich makes about $16 million a year. Monty Williams, we know, makes $13 million a year as, you know, they they had the money with him to get him to show up for that job. Steve Kerr makes nine and a half. Um, and so within that kind of situation now, you know, two-time NBA champion and top 20 all-time in coaching wins, Eric Spolstra will be with the Miami Heat for a good long time. I mean, it makes sense. He's one of the best coaches in basketball. Agreed. He, he really elevates his team that we never really see the Heat as having the most prolific roster, but somehow they always turn up in the playoffs and they get there and they play well and t- guys seem to respect him. So I, I think Spolstra, one of those guys that deserves a raise. But I got a question for you, Reg, about a guy that I think might be getting a raise. Okay. Switching the topic to NFL, Jake Browning in, I guess, his exit interview, a little post-game interview, said that he thinks he's one of the top 32 starting quarterbacks, that he is in that talent echelon. 
Do you agree with that or do you disagree? I do, think, you, do you think he'll get a starting job next year, and do you think he's talented enough? Both, both. Of those. I don't think he'll get a starting job. I don't think any, and I don't think that there's going to be any teams that view him as a long-term option or a relatively long-term option. I think you understand what his potential is, and so if you are going to him, it is simply stopgap. Okay. And I don't. I'm off the top of my head. I'm not thinking of the teams that are like stopgap without any level of young, talented player that we're trying to develop. Mm-hmm. Um. He might be right about being in the top 32, but Talent again, wise, yeah. it would be, it'd Opportunity be matters. right there at the back end of that top 32. Okay. And as we know in the NFL, that ain't moving no needles, mm-hmm. right? We we be getting mad about top 15 mm-hmm. situations, right? So it's possible that he's around that place, but no. Ultimately, I still view that as like backup quarterback I, i'm a big jb fan like good backup quarterback it looks like is where he is i don't and know man i don't cool. know if he got his his opportunity he was backing up he did good in high school and college and it kind of was a backup and then obviously behind joe burrow you're never gonna see the field joe gets hurt you go out and perform what was it three games they won and then he kind of went back to earth i i would say he was better than a lot of guys i saw this season i, I wouldn't be mad if he got a starting job as a stopgap somewhere next year so i i I would agree with JB that he's top 32 talent level. We'll see if it can be longevity, and we'll see how far teams take him seriously as a franchise guy. Or if Reggie said he's more of a stopgap backup guy, which either way, you're making money. <laughs> Jake Browning was with the Vikings for a few years as well. How long was he with the Vikes? Uh, oh, yeah, because there was the whole, why did you release me Yep, when they beat him, and he was yelling on the sideline. And apparently he was only on the practice squad during that situation. I mean, he's better than any quarterback the Vikings rolled out this year, not named Kirk Cousins. Sorry. Anyways, uh, more power to that man. I hope that it goes the way that you want it to. I'm just not necessarily the person that's going to agree with you on the idea that you out here being held down by the man. I um, mean, you should definitely be starting somewhere. Not certain about that one. Um, but those are some of your headlines on the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Obviously, oh, we forgot to mention um, Mike Vrabel gets fired. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Fired by the Titans. They decide to go a different way. Um, Amy Adams Strunk, the 
uh, owner of the team said that they, the team basically did not want to wait out the idea of trying to trade him uh, because they, they want to be able to get to their guy. They don't want to be put a few weeks behind the hiring process by waiting to see about if they could trade him. But the guy who went 54 and 45 in his tenure as a Titans head coach is now uh, without a job. And he will be hired soon, sooner rather than later. I can bet you on that. I probably agree with you in that regard. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next is a conversation that we teased. Um, Who could possibly be Luka's career rival? Maybe in a way like Magic and Bird. We'll discuss it next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Yeah, Thanks to uh, Chris Strong on the ones and twos, and thank you for rocking with us here on uh, The Fan. That is us. That was that was the words I was looking for. The Fan. The Fan. <laughs> Appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. Always get involved with the program by texting into the trekrec.com hotline. We got you for a couple more segments here. And right here, I do want to talk, and I realize we've talked a lot of Mavs, but it's because they they were, they went embarrassing themselves against the Grizzlies tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Kidd and his post-game availability, basically, I feel like this is where the whole thing rests. He said, low energy, right? They didn't have a lot of energy, and then when they did get some energy, it didn't really sustain. And that's not a good indictment of your team. That Hey, they just couldn't find the energy on, I mean, what, this is, they had two. They had a night off in between. They did not travel. I mean, it it, it was tough. I mean, there really is no excuse. I mean, we Reggie are trying our best to kind of be like, maybe this is why they lost. I'm trying to help buffer it. You shouldn't lose effort low. Even if Kyrie was out, I would be like, well, this team should win. Even if Luca was out, I'm like, this is the Grizzlies. They ain't got nobody. Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman. Come on, man. You got to win those games. And when you lose those, it's, it's just what it is. Focus. Like we got punched in the mouth. We weren't ready for it, and we never bounced back. You let the worst offensive team in the league score 120 points tonight. That's yep. embarrassing. How did the Mavs only score, what was it, 101, 103? How do you score 103 as the Mavs? Like, they're a team that's 115 at, like, worst most nights. Well, I imagine some of that is um, – I mean, no one else outside of Luke and Kyrie yeah. scored more than, what, 12? Oddly enough, Tim Hardaway Jr. only got six shots up, which that's an oddity that is, if you ever seen one. That's the one right there. Um, yeah, but it was literally two players scoring all of the buckets, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. And it's funny because you were talking about this earlier, how you were looking at one of these uh, one of these gambling websites or whatever. Yeah. And um, Luka Doncic is over under, not for tonight, yeah. but just another game. Yeah, it was, the, like- it was the Cleveland game right after coming off the Christmas game. His over under, I posted on social media, I think was 36 and a half. Might have even been 37 and a half, which is an insane over under to have going into the game. I think he had the left quad strain and it was questionable to play and he still hit the over. And That's how much confidence you have. Tonight, he scores 31 points, right? Like, yeah. in a game where we're like, ooh, this was not great. 31 points, six rebounds, six assists, three steals also. That's interesting. Um, but the question I'm asking is, who could be his career rival, right? It seems like Luka Doncic is very close to being the best, if not one of the best players um, in the league. And with that being the case, you remember that Luka Doncic is, what, 24? Mm-hmm. Like, he should be around and at the height for a good amount of time. And when you have that, you know, that level of player, the NBA works on narrative, right? It's right. all about these star personalities. And you imagine that eventually um, a guy of that caliber will, you know, bump up against another guy of a similar caliber. And we begin those narratives, right? Let's and, of course, it. like the height of that is looking at 
um, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, obviously similar, exactly similar timelines, and you end up having them match up in playoffs and everything. But who could be that foil for Luka Doncic? So let, let's let's kind of work together. Let's let's go through some of the guys that are around that age that are good that he's going to be seen. So we've got the SGAs of the world. Sure, I, I feel like can we start with the one that feels obvious? Booker, like Devin Booker, seen, but, but he's been he's been he's been babying him. He been, yeah, that's his son for real. He yeah. got he got custody. He gets him on the weekends and gives him back to his mama on the weekdays. All of that's correct. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to argue with any of those. Uh, he's a few years older, and I think people still look at De- uh, Devin Booker at that high level. Plus, I think one of the things that will help is being in the West. Now, of course, we can't say that. Oh well, this player is always going to be in the East, or this player is always going to be in the West. But I think what's going to help is, as I mentioned, I think playoff situations are going to help because look. As much as I and you love the NBA, the average fan doesn't watch a ton of regular season basketball. Yeah, it's long. And I think the situations where you get to see a player play against a another player consistently is the postseason. You get to see them match up three, four, five, six times in a row, maybe seven if you get lucky, and then those develop these narratives. And I think that having an opportunity to meet up in the West builds this, and they already have a little bit of this with Booker. I still don't feel like he's the best answer, though. You know what's funny? You know the guy who has gone with, more times than not, but he's so quiet and no one talks about his Kawhi. I mean, him and him, they've had back and forth. Yeah. Kawhi is, I will never forget that game six and what was it, 2000 and Buddy, 2021 Kawhi, when he turned Kawhi into literally Michael Jordan. Kawhi he, downloaded some new software. He literally turned, I'm not exaggerating, he turned into Michael Jordan and nobody could stop him from scoring the basketball and they won that game and Luka could do nothing about it. Kawhi is 30, 32. Yeah, so it's going to be coming to the end. It just so, feels like he's on a he's in a different the, the, basketball generation. The, the two that come to my head, I mean, if Ja can stay healthy, is Ja and SGA. Well, the tough thing about Ja is I feel like because of where he is, the narrative of this has gone to an entirely different place <laughs> yes. where we're not trying to pair him against or pit him against anybody. We're just like, hey, man, can you get your stuff right? And maybe that's I'm just stuck in the moment and you'll get to a point where now you'll have the opportunity but they were just getting to a point where they were going to be a feature in the postseason consistently. And maybe mm-hmm. they still have an opportunity next season when he returns. But that one feels a little out of reach in a weird way. Okay. SGA is a fun one, though. It's a new one. He hasn't, until the last year or two, he hasn't been someone we even would put up against him. But now he's putting up similar, in some, in some situations, better numbers and team with a better record. So he's going to be a fun, interesting one, especially this season. I yeah. think that narrative will kind of start driving. Another one I thought of, he's in, he's in the East. He's around the same age. I think he's a year older. That boy Tatum. I see that comparison all the time on social media. Tatum versus Luca, around the same age. Who's doing this? Who's Tatum's been to the finals. Luca hasn't. The numbers, this and that. So I thought that's one's interesting. They just don't obviously match up that much. So we don't see that one on one. Both each other. Both Jordan Brand guys. Yep. Uh, yep. From Good the point. Four. Both have expectations. High expectations. I think that's an interesting one. Um, I think Tatum. Uh, we we're so engrossed with. If he can, if that team can win with him at the helm of it, yeah. which is weird because they've been consistently very good. Like they're like a walking Easter Conference Finals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and where there's still some questions like, or oh, can he get him done? Kind of uh, points to the idea of the way that these conversations can kind of be wild. One thing before we go further, do you think that it's possible to have like a career foil still? Because we don't have as much of best player on best player guarding. Yeah, we don't. And especially defense is so much more team on team as opposed to individual on individual. Who can output more points. <laughs> right. And so it ends up just being like a, a shootout as opposed to just like a one-on-one display of I got you, you got me, who comes out the better. Mm-hmm. 
So I wonder, but can I give you the guy who I've settled on, the one that I feel like would be the most fun? Okay. Someone said Chandler Parsons. Y'all are hilarious. Luca before Luca. Brunson. I don't. I, I think they love each funny. other. I don't even think that's like a rivalry. They're, no. They're not. And I think some of this, some of the reasons why maybe a Booker, an SGA, a John Morant might not work as well is those guys more guards um, in size, in like traditional guard mm-hmm. size, and maybe don't fit. How, can I interest you in Anthony Edwards? I, Anthony was the next guy I was going to bring up, and he's a rising star. He's jumping. He's going to be a guy you're probably going to see in the playoffs if you want to go far. Right. They've matched up a couple of times, and he's he's Cle- got the Mavs. He's got he's dropped 40 on him. Clearly, the guy has a similar demeanor mm-hmm. when it comes to Killer. like, yes. Dog, I want it more than anyone else on the court. You and can see I, it every I time. I think that competitive nature that's in him shows more than any of these other guys. Maybe Jaw. Yeah. But I think that that also brings out the competitive nature in Luka. And obviously we've seen the competitive nature come out with Luka and Devin Booker, but that one just feels a little. I like that. I I, 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 I would think, love to see those I think those that teams. one's going to get more and more because the Timberwolves haven't been this team that's been highly competitive in the playoffs. Yes. So now we see them as number one in the West, and I – it would take a miracle for them not to make the playoffs. Or we can pretty much staple them into at least one of those seeds. So you might see them, and if you do, would that not be fun? I know they got um, and I I could see I can see that Anthony Edwards going. I'm going to guard. You. I was just gonna say that. I know they got McDaniel's, who's their main primary star. But if it comes down to it, final couple seconds, game six or seven, I can imagine Anthony Edwards like I want to guard Luca just because mentality. I'm gonna make sure he doesn't score, and it'll be fun to see him and Luca go back and forth. Um, someone said Steph. He's just a little bit older. They have had their back and yeah. forth, but it's not really anything. Another guy that popped in my head, Trey Young. Obviously, yeah, that, because of the whole trade but and that's who got been, the better of the trade. It's trailer. been very apparent that that's not the same. Like, yeah, they're in different classes. One, Trey Young might be one of, if not the worst defensive player in the league, which I know not wow. a lot of people care about. However, he, he does not profile as the same level of player um, that can handle these things. And so, look, man, they had that run, and we were talking about this earlier. That's not... He does not strike you as the guy, right? And I, that's some of the things that's necessary for people to maybe talk about you as the team, even though I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that, hey, man, one player is the team. That almost feels like it's necessary for that for a, a team um, that we go, hey, that guy is the team, and he, your team is facing their team, which means it's you two guys up against each other, and I think that creates the foil. And Trey Young isn't that. He's proven himself to not be – that singular of a figure, okay. which, I mean, I guess is okay to some extent, but I don't think it works in let's, let's, that head-up foil let's give, situation. Let's give our top three. I think I think we can settle on. I, I want to say Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Ed- Edwards feels like my I, number I, one. I like Edwards at one. All right, Book, can, is Booker still two just because of the history until something else is proven? I think so. Can I throw in some other, like, maybes just to see Go how ahead. you feel about it? Uh, I know we've tried to stay in the West. Tyrese Halliburton's coming on at the right time. I know that you like him. I do. Does that feel like something that can maybe? I just don't know if he's aggressive enough as a scorer. Okay. He's very magic ass. I'm gonna flashy pass, get 20 assists, zero turnovers, and Luca's just more of a. I'm gonna get the. uh, He does have some flash in his past too, so I can see. I don't know. Um, How about De'Aaron Fox? Just I. I don't even. I, I can't even put that in my head. He's just so aggressive and downhill and just. Get a bucket and quick and smooth, or is Luca's more slow and methodical? I won't say slow, precise and methodical. So I'm a no on the D Fox. I can see Tyrese as being that point god. What's a, now? Here's the one that we didn't say. He's obviously way older, and it's not really a rivalry, but as as far as like kind of similar styles, LeBron. When they go up against each other, they always head to head. I want yeah, the best out of each other. But that feels like 
I'm trying to take down my idol in a okay. way more okay. than anything. Like okay. that that feels like we know how we you know how we go we phrase those matchups. Mm-hmm. Is this a passing of the torch, right? Like that's how we frame <laughs> that as opposed to are these are rivals yeah, you're right. going up. Okay, so yeah, you're, you you want to rank them. So we got I think Anne is the best one the in book my and the estimation. Two just for the history. Yeah. And then are we Tatum? I think you might have something. We I think we might just be early to the SGA thing. Okay. It may, it'll blossom. But Guys, then I, our, well, I, I think Devin Booker has to be brought up in the top three. I yeah. mean, even though Luca is his daddy, like, <laughs> has to be brought up. Someone said it's Desmond fun. Bain, but Desmond Bain doesn't, like. Luca doesn't even care. He laughs at the Grizzlies. We lost, but I don't think he takes them seriously. Is there anyone in the West we're missing? Because you got to think age, too. Who's this going to be this long-term rival? I think Booker, Edwards, and SGA are probably the three. That are right, yeah, in that in that situation there of those young guys are gonna be carrying their teams to the playoffs. Jamal Murray's a little bit older, and he's not like it. Not that's confrontational. That's, that's he doesn't the, really. Also, that's that's Jokic's team, yeah. And Jokic definitely feels is definitely like kind of a step above. You need a little bit. You need the slightest bit of confrontation for it to kind of be a rivalry. Where I it's think just, so. You have to have like, a, maybe not even animosity, <laughs> but that competitiveness yeah. gotta has to show out there. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that there's another one. Lowry marketing on playing. <laughs> Who does he always? There's one. They, Luca loves like these. I'm lack of a better word, bums. These jags, just a guy the beefing with Luca, and Luca will have like this, like Dylan. No, he likes Dylan. He talks highly of Dylan. There's somebody I cannot put my finger on who he does not like. That's not good at all. He's a bench player, but always pesters him on the court. Hmm. I can't recall who you're speaking on. There's a bunch. They all love to pester. Well, and, I know Marcus Morris is the one that comes to mind from yep. back in back in the day. Yep. Um, not that he matters particularly uh, at this point. No, no one on the Pelicans. I forget they're an NBA team sometimes. Yeah, Z- Zion needs to contend with being on the floor for this team to even get to that point. They're looking for him. If you know, you know. Wow, wow. Yeah, no, I, I. Okay, so someone was like SGA over Ant. I don't. Both were kind of waiting. We, we're, we're, me and me and Reg are kind of projecting. It hasn't yeah. fully happened yet. And I think we've seen more of the ant. And I think ant is also closer enough to that. The the mentality. It really is. I love the way the ant plays basketball yeah. and the mentality. And I think that he also. I've seen him bring it out of, out of Luca too. Mm-hmm. And I also love the idea of a guy that's a little bit closer in body size. Yeah. And maybe you get just a little bit of that restore that feeling of mano y mano, you versus me. These other eight guys fade off of the court, and we start seeing you know how you know that feel right in the playoffs yeah. where you, it's like you can tell four, these guys five minutes left in the game. Yeah. You get a bucket, I get a bucket. Yeah. Whoever misses a bucket first loses. And you and you'll notice a guy like Ann Edwards will go guard the best player when it comes to that little high leverage situation. Even though McDaniel's just the guy running around chasing all game, when it's when it's time to go down, hey, I need you to guard this person. I need you to I need you to lock him up. And he's young, great. He's had some great late quarter defense. So. I would love a seven-game series of that. Maybe maybe not for a Mavs fan as the outcome, but just how interesting that one-on-one matchup would be. Would it be it, – and someone mentioned – are you talking about Terrence Mann of the Clippers? Maybe. Maybe. That, that doesn't ring a bell. I don't think it's Terrence Mann. It's, okay. it's someone – you know, we didn't even bring up anyone on the Clippers. Are we? We kind of brought up Kawhi. But yeah, I don't. I think the age, age, age uh, they're all getting on old. that is just on a different level. Yeah, I wonder if this even ends up being like, is he? Is he just going to be a singular figure that does not have a particular rival that we put him up against? Someone asked, does the rival have to be from the regular season? Or 
morph in the postseason. It's obviously entrenched I, in the postseason, but, you know, stuff can trickle in. Yeah. I mean, if there's someone you're thinking of, text in, maybe we're missing somebody. And sometimes, you know, regular season matters if you make that game matter on a big – I mean, we, we see sometimes big games occur during the regular season because something that happens – Pacers bucks. Or the beef blows up <laughs> yeah. or whatever, right? And so, I guess we typically think of the postseason because that's the easiest way that you see a player play a team multiple times in quick succession and you really establish that. What about Giannis? I just I view him on on a different timeline, like the timeline just ahead with Agreed. Giannis is with Joel and Nikola Jokic, and it feels like they're all in that same group. Agreed. Per, so Agreed. I don't know. I'm interested to see this develop over time because it still feels weird to talk about Luca as early on into this, but it still feels relatively. I mean, this early is year five, this. isn't that crazy? Yeah. We're in year five. Crazy, and he is top five player in the league. Yeah, man. And he's honestly been there since he stepped on the court. Like, he was in the MVP talks every year. He's been there. And so, look, unfortunately, a, a bad loss to the Grizzlies, but hopefully. Um, act like it didn't happen. It, it, it didn't happen. Well, they better not act like it didn't happen. They better act like it happened, and then they need to remedy that by coming out and scoring points and getting active and playing defense. Because Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. They currently sit seventh in the West. And uh, coming up in two days, they welcome in Jalen Brunson in the New York Knicks. Uh-oh. And um, and OG Ananobi. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You want to make sure that you show out well in that one. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they respond in a couple of days. But right now, it's the Get Right right here on 105 through the fan. Appreciate you rocking with us. Um, oh, that's interesting. From the 972, they said Luka doesn't like the, the Wagners. Oh, wow. You don't want beef with them. Particularly Mo Wagner. You don't want beef with them. Well, you kind of don't want beef with Luca. I'll tell you that. Uh, coming up next, it's time for the final call. We'll do it next on the fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan for one final time on this Tuesday evening. I'm Reginald Atatula. That is the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. Thanks for rocking with us on this Tuesday. Chris Strong, thank you for being on the ones and twos. Uh, it's been a fun evening uh, with you tonight uh, on this program. It's the final call right here on the get right and there's a few things that I'd like to uh talk about in the course of this here, you know, finishing out the program, Blake. Um so I guess I'll give you a choose your own adventure. Okay. Um like a video game. Well actually to uh, there's there's one there's one MLB thing. There's one NFL thing and there's one college football thing. Give me give me College football, MLB, NFL. Oh, okay, you made the whole. I was just, we just had to start with one of them. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Give me college football. It's all right. No, it's all good. It's all good. But we will start with college football. Obviously, you know that last night the Michigan Wolverines won their first title since '97, their first outright championship, national t- championship since 1948. Michigan Wolverines were uh, reign supreme over the Washington Huskies. And this game was one of, or yeah, this game was one of three of the most watched college football games of the 2023 season. The other two, Blake, were the Rose Bowl game between Michigan and Alabama, which was one of the semifinal games. 
and the game, Michigan versus Ohio State. That's right. The top three most watched games of the 2023 college football season were all involving Big Blue. I mean, a lot of controversy. People tune in. What's Harbaugh going to do next? What's And the funny thing is their football team, just from outside of a very big sports fans we are, just from outside just watching, they're not exactly the most interesting team. They're not throwing the ball up and down the field. No, they're, they're not. not. They're a pretty, you know, slow, methodical team. Run the ball, grind it out. So that's kind of interesting. Big plays. Big plays running the football. Blake Corum, uh, Donovan Edwards, big time. Ooh, Donovan was big yesterday. Running that football. And you know what? Last night, also, a lot of credit due to Jesse Winter's boys. Jesse Winter, the defensive coordinator. That defense was making Michael Penix see ghosts. Yep. Um, one of the things that was very evident, like I, I knew it immediately when that uh, third quarter started. Mm-hmm. He snaps the ball. You can see him pump fake. Like he hitches. And then as he's throwing that football is when he gets stepped on by his lineman and he throws the interception. I was like, oh, they're rushing four, but he feels like the rush of five or six. And that's exactly what Michigan does. Texas did a lot of blitzing, and they had one guy coming free, and Penix is so smart, he was able to evade that one guy and make a good throw. Michigan didn't exactly run a lot of full-on blitzes, if you will. They collapsed the pocket from all four guys and made it where he's just he looked uncomfortable all night. And they were they were disguising coverages in the back. Very well. well. I mean, he was missing open throws. I was texting yes, Broadus. I was like, "Is this what Penix has been doing?" He goes, "Like Penix has not looked like this all no. year. Like he was missing guys corner routes that he practices all year, overthrowing, underthrowing, bad throws." I was like, "Man, this is this is a bad time to have your worst showing." I I asked Broadus and Carter Freeman, "Do you think this is something that will affect his draft status?" And they were like, "No, his film throughout the season should be good. Well, this won't affect it too well, but obviously it's not a great look." But um. It was interesting because I thought Penix was not going to throw for a party, but I thought it'd be like, okay, he's still going to be able to do similar things, but no. Yeah, and the few times, well, I shouldn't say few times, but the times that he did find his receivers, there was a lot of drop passes from mm-hmm. a very good wide receiving core. Just an uh, uncharacteristic offensive game from Washington, and a lot of that, a lot of that credit deserve, is laid at the feet of the Michigan Wolverines defense and Jesse Mentor's defensive coordinator. And, I mean, they, the offense showed up in a way that they needed to as well. I mean, explosive right? They started. They started with basic duo and basic offensive run plays, and we're like, "Can you stop this? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, we're going to do this until you stopped it." You started seeing Washington be able to, you know, shore up the run in the second, and, third quarter, and maybe. Both of the runs, he got stopped in the backfield. It was like they were there. It wasn't a clear path. That second one, a little bit more of a cutback lane. But that first one, he was literally getting tackled in the backfield, kind of pushed off, and then just took off. So I was like. They just wanted more. They are running. It, you know what it was, Reg? And I texted two friends about this. And it saddens me to say this. And I'm sorry, Tolos, close your ears. It felt like that Bills game. All right. Okay. At the beginning, I was like, all wow, right. they are doing whatever they want. They're sacking our quarterback. They're running all over us. This is Bills v. Moving along. <laughs> Get off you, of this. <laughs> moving along. Would you like a little baseball or would you like a little NFL? Give me some baseball. Baseball. Um, these are always fun when you get a chance to look at these. Which MLB fans drink the most? We got a a ranking of all three and uh, all three, all thirty, all three teams that matter, all three baseball teams in the MLB. I hope I'm not missing any. Um, no, all thirty, and the average amount of drinks per game and the average spend on alcohol. Um, okay. I, I know I know who's gonna be at one. Who's who's one? Got to be Padres. They got to be trying to drown their sorrows out for that payroll and no, <laughs> and no, no winning coming out of it. The Padres fans, according to this very unscientific poll that I am not sure of where it came from, but it's just an opportunity to talk, rank fifth. Okay. 3.7 drinks per game and typically spend $27 on alcohol. Okay. So, number one, 
Uh, what team is poverty? Can I guess the Cubs go ahead. here? Go ahead. Their Cubs snicks at Wrigley Field are long, I was, man. I was thinking Cubs. Long. I was thinking Cubs. Cubs was on my head, but they've had some weak. They they you know they they've been all right. So I, I, what about Cubs? Where do the Cubs land on this? The thing? Chicago Cubs, oddly enough, fourteenth. Oh, three point four drinks. Let's think poverty per game and forty five dollars spent on alcohol. I would say the Oakland A's, but they don't give money. They hate that franchise, so they might drink at home. Oakland, o- Oakland A's. Fans. Oakland A's definitely not spending money. They're at not the, spending at, money. They rank thirty or sorry twenty ninth. Okay. Two point five drinks. Let's twenty eight dollars on alcohol. Let's take the easy one. Where do the Rangers rank? The Rangers are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth from the bottom, which is what? Uh, third. Uh, sorry, twenty third. Okay, so we don't drink that much. Dang, who drinks a lot? Vegas. Dodgers. Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers fans are also not Man, at the top. The Dodgers are twenty seventh. Okay, I'm gonna look at the fan text. Oh, what about the Brewers? Yeah, I the mean, Brewers. What about the Brewers? the Brewers? Milwaukee you would Brewers. Think, that feels good. You would think the name Brewer, like Brewers, is in there. The Brewers show up tenth, uh, thereabouts. Okay, I'm, oh, j- I'm just gonna keep looking at the fan text. Uh-huh. Boston so, Red Sox. Someone guessed the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are where are the Red Sox? Oh my goodness. That's not good. I lost. I lost him on the on it's the dang good. grass. He's scrolling right now. Red, Red, Sox, top two. Red Sox are in the middle of the pack, probably about 18th, 17th, 18th. We've gotten one top ten team, I think. What about St. Louis Cardinals? The Cards are what is that? Twenty four. Oh my Twenty fifth. We are guessing. Nope. Twenty six. Twenty six. Give us the top 26. three, please. The top three. A Chicago team, but not the Cubs. The Chicago White Sox drink the most, apparently. Poverty franchise. Poverty. That's right. There you Drinking go. The they hate Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, 4.2 drinks, uh, $46. The Braves, four drinks, okay. $32. And the Cincinnati Reds, 3.8 yeah. drinks. What else are they doing in Cincinnati other than watch Joe Burrow? Eat chili. <laughs> I mean, it's it must be. Sorry to anybody who lives in Cincinnati currently. And f- Finally, on the final call, I just got to get this in. Go ahead. It, happy 19-year an- anniversary to that year, that time, where Randy Moss did his uh, touchdown celebration at Lambeau. Remember, he caught the ball, caught a touchdown, went over to the thing. He, did, he, did he little, mooned them people. He did a little something, He mooned them people. And Joe Buck was clutching his pearls. How dare you? Clutch. Well, that's our pearls. that's our Tuesday edition of the Get Right. Ends with us talking about mooning as it deserves to be. Uh, For Blake, for Chris, I'm Reggie. Y'all have a wonderful evening. We'll catch you tomorrow. Be easy. Peace. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 